Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. With the world getting back to -to face-to-face interaction lately, your oral hygiene is more important than it's been in a while. And Quip makes it easier than ever to get back into a daily routine. The Quip electric toothbrush is used by over 7 million people already, and it features a lightweight and sleek design without wires or bulky chargers that get in the way. And Quip now has timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses to guide you to a dentist-recommended two-minute brushing time. You can now upgrade your Quip with a new smart motor to track and improve your brushing with the free Quip app. And earn amazing rewards like free refills, products, Target gift cards, and more. Quip even has you covered with available refills for mouthwash, floss, toothpaste, and even gum. In short, everything you need to build a complete routine. If you go to getquip.com slash www right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash www, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash www. Quip, the good habits company. It was a quiet tavern on a Sunday evening. Two masters of their own universes found themselves out of town for the night and settled into bar stools, ready to let the evening wash over them. The TV on the back wall turned to sports. Looks like a friendly exhibition between the Red Sox and Isotopes. Hey, turn this up, barkeep. I want to see the Sox cream these guys. Could be heard over the rabble as Peter Griffin makes his thoughts known. (laughs) I don't think you know what you're talking about. Pierced the noise as Homer Simpson defended his team. Several smart word gags and nostalgic non sequitur gags followed. And before you know it, the blood feud has been whipped into a frenzy once again. Tonight will truly show the world whose animation domination is on top. It's Springfield versus Quahog. It's Max Power versus Lando Griffin. It's Homer Simpson versus Peter Griffin. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win? A show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic books, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Race to Canis Ray. Showdown September continues. We have another iconic matchup for the fans. In one corner, you've got the dad from Springfield, some state, who is known for taking head trauma like no one's business. Of course, I'm talking about Homer Simpson. Versus, in the other corner, the family guy, the dad from Quahog, the person who's also known for taking a lot of head trauma, Peter Griffin, coming together in a Hoodwin-style matchup. The fans have been asking for this one for quite some time. It is now time to deliver it. Of course, there is no need for the Who Would Win patented Google test because, again, everyone has talked about this matchup. We've even kind of seen this once before, but it's never been done to a conclusive style the way Who Would Win can do it. Ray, with all that being said, what do you think of today's matchup? I, first off, would like to say a big hearty hello to all of our Win fans, woodworkers, and, of course, hashtag awkward allies out there in the audience today. Ray sees you. Hashtag Ray is right. Now, of course, this battle has been done to death. That's why we're doing it in Showdown September. Why? Because the fans want to see it. The fans demand it. The fans turn up when we do Showdown September battles. And these two have even fought in a cartoon before. But like you said, James Gafsey, they did not come to a satisfying conclusion. One would probably call it a draw. They should. By the way, I like the woodworkers. I like the the wind fans. Is that what you wind said? Wind fans. I think this one's really going to take off. I, I uh, as usual, I disagree. I do like what uh, some people uh, coined on Twitter. I think it was a League of Audience. Yeah, I don't know what you were doing I accidentally there, said. 
I, I don't know. Sometimes I come up with brilliance. Again, I think it's such a high, you know, speed that sometimes words come out in a in in weird sometimes fantastic ways such as that. Now look, here's the deal. These two have fought on network television before. It was amazing. It was epic. It was incredible. However, it didn't come to a conclusion who would win style. Let me tell you what I'm saying about this. So in a who would win matchup, one of the cool things about it, Ray and I kind of understand this, whoever wins has to have incapacitated their opponent in such a way where they could stay there for two minutes and have no threat whatsoever from their opponent from battlefield removal. They've been killed or they're tied up, whatever it is. In that iconic episode where a UFO, sorry, spoiler alert, UFO kind of crashed onto Homer. Sure enough, he did get crashed, but you know, got smashed him. But he got up about 14 seconds, about 10 seconds really after. Therefore, who would win style matchup? This thing is still up in the air. Yeah. As far as we're concerned, they're still fighting that battle from then because it never actually ended. That's true. That's true. You know, it, it's almost like these two are like, um, you know, have this like a, a more or mortality, a Highlander kind of thing going on. It, it's epic in every way you can think possible. Now, with that being said. It's time to introduce the judge because you have an epic battle. You need an epic judge making their first appearance all the time, making their first appearance. I'm so excited about this. It's actor, aging man child, takes one to no one, by the way, and a bonafide walking encyclopedia of nerd facts. Of course, I'm talking about Matthew David Rudd. Matthew, welcome to Who Would Win. Hey, great to be here. Let me tell you, I'm loving the WWE commentary energy going on between you two. And I'm loving who knew that Ray could do such a brilliant Homer Simpson impression. Did you guys know that? I had no clue. I'm I had tell no you right clue. now, I didn't. I'm excited to hear you say that. I didn't know what was happening until halfway through it. And I was like, oh, he's doing Homer Simpson. Oh, wait, that was his impression. Oh, I, I thought it was some <laughs> guy. At the, I don't. Oh, I mean, that's great, Ray. Well done. That was awesome. Matthew. More importantly, on to you. You're another actor who's got a long list of amazing credits for our Who Would Win audience, whatever we're going to call them. Tell them some of the rate, you know, the great roles you've done so far. I, I do a lot of voice acting. That's my main my main gig. Um, I'm Panda from Jujutsu Kaisen. Heck yes. uh, Rock Wraith Razor from Tower of God. Uh, I play a bunch of other characters in animes that that you know go deeper than that, but those are my two big guys. I play a, a character called Belial in a video game called Grand Blue Fantasy. You know, lots of good stuff. Yeah, I'd say those are all pretty uh, uh, amazing roles. You said something we talked a little bit before the show, and that's why I choose it. You said that you are a walking encyclopedia of nerd facts, and by doing the show, Ray, I think you can agree with me. You and I, Ray Sicanus, are in fact encyclopedias of nerd facts so matthew you want to say you're part of our club i'm going to put you up to the challenge hit us with two just two uber nerd facts to establish your geek cred right now let's see it well it's interesting you say two because two facts that i know going into this episode are that family guy sits at a cool 306 episodes so far in its run and the simpsons is at 709 at this point (laughs) So at this point, Ray's got a pretty big uphill climb to win this battle. Yeah, well, let I me mean, just say just right saying. now, first off, James, good job you watching all 709 episodes of The Simpsons in order yeah, to prepare for this battle and doing so in such a short period of time. Some might argue it's impossible, technically speaking, to watch 709 episodes in the time when you discovered this battle would happen to now. But I know for a fact you found a way to do it. Yeah, true you professional. Know, it, 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 I am a professional. Uh, it's good to be recognized. By the way, this may shock both of you. I was familiar with The Simpsons mm. for quite some time before this battle was announced. Outrageous, uh, not too really? Long ago. I've never I heard know, of this crazy. show before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I, I did have to catch up on uh, Family Guy. I accidentally watched the Cleveland show. Not bad. I said, oh, no, I made a mistake. This isn't the right one. Watched American Dad. I was like, oh, so close. And then I got in Family Guy which was really the best of the three. Not that all all three are fantastic. Okay, Matthew, you have clearly established yourself with Geek Cred. Well, let me, let me, sorry, let me jump in and cut you off here. I can't wait for your fans to call me on, on this, but uh, it's actually the opposite. It's uh, it's 706 and 309. Sorry, I conflated those numbers there. So wait a minute. Uh, now with this new information, James, you lied to me. You said you watched all 709, but there's only 706. This is outrageous. This was all I should win a by plan to catch James in a lie. Immediately. You know, it's interesting. I said I watched the episodes. 
I didn't say I watched all of that number of episodes. Interesting. Maybe I maybe I added that later. That's yeah. a, that's fair, Ray. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, Matt. So you you are the one, in fact, in a lie. Um, yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm not sure we can have you on a judge. Uh, all right. Well, it's been wonderful go. seeing you yeah, guys. Thanks. All good luck. Uh, so thank uh, you yeah. for being here. No. Good luck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's <laughs> you know you're here. Let's just see sure. who, let's just see. I've got nothing else going on. What the heck? We're here. Yeah. Microphones. Yeah, you know, we're all set up. I mean, that's rare. Okay, Matt, so you're familiar with both characters. I'm not going to ask you which one is your favorite, even though it's clearly it's Homer Simpson. With that being said, how do you keep yourself so centered and so judge-like with this without leaning to one side or another? Well, I'm going to I'm going to do what I do uh, on a daily basis, which is compartmentalize every part of my life so that I don't go into a downward spiral of, of shame and, and anxiety. Sounds um, healthy. I'm going to pretend that I've never I've never heard of these two characters. Awesome. I have no idea why one character is, is like this yellow color. The other character clearly is not shaped like a human being um i'm gonna let you guys fill me in on on all of this and and you know i want to grab something off my shelf real quick here i'm gonna i'm gonna have my honorary judge drud badge here sitting oh next gosh. to me just so i just so i can keep my head straight and and remember uh you guys remember that i am the law well that means that whoever loses gets tried and sentenced and pretty much executed at the oh. end of the show Yes. Uh, feel for, bad for you, Ray. It for was the nice record, for the people at home, he didn't misspeak. It's not Judge Dredd. It's Judge Drudd. Now, I don't yeah. know what any of that means, but I'm excited that you have that. I made this because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I make things. You know, why not? But yeah, my last name is Rudd. And so why not have an authentic Judge Drudd badge here with me at all times? Do it. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. You know, very rarely do the judges come prepared, uh, anticipating they need paraphernalia, accoutrement, yes. if you will, for the judge uh, ship of who yeah. would win. This bodes really well, Ray. I got to tell you, I'm insanely excited for this battle. We've got you repping Peter Griffin. You got me repping Homer Simpson. You got Judge Drudd. You know, doing That's right. about to do his thing like for the it. Who Would Win show. Uh, let's just get this started. So with all that said, please go ahead and introduce today's matchup. Representing Fox, the TV dad who may have courage, but that doesn't stop him from being yellow-bellied, Homer Simpson. And representing Fox, the TV dad who <laughs> may be an idiot, but one thing he is not, sir, is an idiot, Peter Griffin. Ah. Uh. All right, well done, right Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win matchup. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines, Race to Canis, of the character's personality, Race to Canis, and the exact version of that character, Race to Canis, has to be specifically stated. Race to Canis, what version? Uh, Peter Griffin, will you be using today? You know, I'd love to make a joke about using the video game version or the manga version, but let's keep it real. This is Showdown <laughs> September. We're here for the meaty goodness inside. I'm using Family Guy TV show Peter Griffin. You know what? You, you, th- that's a genius call. I, that's probably the most powerful version of Peter Griffin you can use. I'm also going the most powerful version of Homer Simpson, the animated version as well, sure. who had a film and has a lot of great awards that uh, Peter Griffin and Family Guy never had. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And just in case anyone forgot, that's me, baby. Oh my God, Judge Drudd's already kind of enforcing his will on the show. This is fantastic. By the way, before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com, clicking on the merch section, and checking out all the new merch that we have up there. You can get your hashtag Right shirt. You can get the hashtag IMF for the intoxicating mind fog of James Gavsey, and a whole bunch of other great things. Go ahead, buy some stuff, and support the show. Look, as guys, so much of our personal identity is wrapped up in our hair. From how it feels after getting a great haircut, to the way we style it before going out. And that's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, 
it definitely feels like panic time because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. And in the olden days of yore, you had to go to a doctor to get a prescription. But now, with Keeps, you can do all that online and get the hair loss medication delivered right to your front door every three months. No more waiting at the doctor's office. No more waiting at the pharmacy. So find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at, wow, just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Look, there's only two FDA-approved products out there to combat hair loss. Heck, you might have even tried them before, but you've never tried them with this convenience and at this price. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash win to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash win. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. And now, let's get to the tale of tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Peter Griffin. You know, first off, before I get started on this, I want to say, look, Family Guy has won six Emmys. So how dare you, sir? Now, The Simpsons has won 34. But the point is, <laughs> don't act like Family Guy hasn't won any at all. Let's get going. Peter Griffin. He's the patriarch of a middle-class family who live in the Rhode Island city of Quahog. He was created by Seth MacFarlane and first appeared in Family Guy Episode 1, Death Has a Shadow in 1999, because I don't count pilots. Family Guy is an animated comedy series aimed at adults, which is known for its somewhat mean-spirited sense of humor and love of pop culture references. Peter is the titular Family Guy who carries a blue-collar spirit to the many career paths he's had on the show. Peter might look like an obese pushover, but he's survived massive trauma many times over due to his mastery of Toon Force, and he's not afraid to push and shove when push comes to shove. Fun fact. Pop culture references really are the heart of Family Guy, and the names of Peter Griffin's children prove that out. His youngest son is named Stewie Gilligan Griffin, a reference to the main character on Gilligan's Island TV show. His eldest son is named Chris Cross Griffin, a reference to the early 90s duo behind the hit Jump. And last but not least is his daughter Meg, whose full name James is Megatron. Yes, Peter named his <laughs> daughter after the famed leader of the Decepticons. Top that, James Gavsey. That is Peter Griffin. Oh, by the way, that's fantastic. All hail Lord Megatron, as we all should. Mm -hmm. But I will top that with my fun fact. Let me just get into this. Got Real it. quick. So let's talk about Homer Simpson. Now, Homer J. Simpson, J standing for J, J-A-Y, first appeared on the animated short called Good Night in the Tracy Ullman Show back on April 19th, 1987. It was created and designed by cartoonist Matt Groening. As patriarch of the eponymous family, there, I said it properly, Homer and his nice. wife Marge, thanks, have three children, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. As the family's provider, Homer works at the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant as a safety inspector. Homer is written and portrayed to embody many American working class stereotypes. He is obese, immature, outspoken, aggressive, balding, lazy, ignorant, unprofessional, and addicted to beer, junk food, and watching television. However, he is fundamentally a good man. 
and is staunchly protective of his family, especially when they need him the most. Despite the suburban blue-collar routine of his life, he has a number of remarkable experiences, including going to space, climbing the tallest mountain in Springfield by himself, fighting former President George H.W. Bush, and winning a Grammy Award as a member of a barbershop quartet. After three decades, Homer Simpson is still going strong and has firmly cemented himself as a pop culture icon. And here's an interesting fact about Homer Simpson that will top race to Canis's. Did you know that you can actually talk to Homer Simpson? As in kind of, maybe possibly talk to him? It's true. Again, possibly. See, here's the deal. It seems that Homer Simpson got himself an official email address a couple of decades ago that he actually does sometimes answer. If you have a question, a comment, or just want to show your appreciation for Homer himself, you can actually reach him at chunkylover53 at aol.com. Yes, I said <laughs> I said aol.com. Oh, That's right. And if you're wondering if you know, I don't know, if James Gavs, he sent an email to Homer Simpson. Yeah, I did. Uh, still waiting on an answer, by the way. Hopefully he answers that and we can be friends. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Matt, do you have any questions before we get started? No, no, you guys did a wonderful job. I do want you to know, I, you know, this this is not going to sway me either way, but I am wearing my pants backwards at this moment, as I do every day in honor of Criss Cross, the 90s uh, rap duo. Uh, but, but again, not going to let that sway my judgment. So, Matthew, before we get started, I need to ask you, does the Daddy Mac make you jump, jump? Yeah, Daddy Mac and Mikey, a jump, jump. Yeah. Ray, we've got a great show in the making. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Peter Griffin. We're going to talk about his intense level of durability. Look, on the Family Guy TV show, we have seen Peter Griffin get into a lot of fights, a lot of scrapes, a lot of violent encounters. I don't know how Peter Griffin can continually not be in jail, but he sure seems like he should be based on the sheer level of violence that he is capable of. But part of being a violent person is you also got to be able to take it in addition to dishing it out. Now, he has a very high level of durability. Some of the things that he's done when he's got into these fights, look, a lot of common threads through these family guy fights. He gets his head rammed into things, whether they be the wall, whether they be the floor, whether they be the uh, bar top over and over and over again. Peter Griffin thankfully, is never seemingly affected too much by a hit to the head. Another common trope of a family guy fight is repeatedly getting hit with glass bottles and going through windows and getting glass shards all over his face. Now, he clearly makes it obvious he doesn't care for having glass shards in his face. It doesn't seem like it slows him down. It doesn't seem like it stops him. After a brief moment, I'm not even sure he even notices that it's there anymore. But a few other things we've seen. We've seen him take a mailbox to the face, knocked down, back up again. We've seen him break his own nose with a punch just in order to impress a series of teenagers that he was prepared to get into a fight with. Why? Because much beloved to my own heart, Peter Griffin loves to fight children. He loves to fight kids <laughs> right, left, and center of all ages. He should be in prison, but somehow he is not. He once got into a fight with Ernie the Chicken, a very, very common bit in Family Guy that keeps getting longer and longer. And I don't know if they just did an entire episode that was a fight. I believe they may have. You do 309 of these things. You got to figure at some point, you just go for it. Well, he's been repeatedly hit in the head with weapon hits, whether they be, you know, a tire iron, a baseball bat, etc. He took one after another from the giant chicken and no-sold all of them. Heck, he once fought the former president, from the years 2017 to the year 2021, got into a big old fight with that character, and he got his head slammed on the desk by that man 17 times, hitting Diet Coke buttons, and hilariously, <laughs> servants with Diet Cokes kept showing up. Amazing. He took a hot iron to the back when he was going to get his shirt ironed, but he wasn't. It was terrible, but he got a hot iron to the back, screamed for a moment, then made a joke about it. Heck, when he was fighting the giant chicken, he was in a subway car that went up out the tunnel sideways, landed in the street, window busted open, him and the chicken flew out the front, and he just got up and kept fighting as if nothing happened. Bro bone protrusions, no problem whatsoever. Toxic shock, he passed out, but then in literal one second was back up and fighting again. 
He's been curb stomped before. And if you've seen, um, what is it, American History X? You don't want to be curb stomped, but he was. And the most impressive durability feat I saw, and just the fact that he's willing to go for it, Peter Griffin, multiple times, has snapped his own neck to death and come back from that. What can you possibly do to Peter Griffin that's going to put him down for a long period of time to win a who would win battle? I don't see Homer Simpson having it, and that's my point number one. You know, you're talking about all the things I love watching about Family Guy, which means I'm a monster. I'm a monster. But I do have some questions talking about durability. Now, there's a lot of stuff that he's done that's shown he's got like crazy durability to this or that that would put a normal man down for the count. Not not you, not me, and definitely not our esteemed judge. But a couple of things. What is that stuff that makes Peter Griffin throw up? Is it? Ipecap or something like that. Oh, Remember, there's that yeah, there's that Ipitac. syrup that they used to go over in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. What happened when he ingested that? Was he durable? Could he take it? Or, you know, did he have induced vomiting for, I don't know, like three minutes in an absolutely hilarious bit? Hey, James, family guy loves barf jokes just as much as they love violence. I don't know what I, to tell you. I didn't say it wasn't classic television race to Canis. I'm just saying if I put him down. By the way, quick question. What happens um, when Peter Griffin is running? trips and falls and scrapes his knee does he get back up and is he fine or what happens just wondering interesting point when he hilariously he takes all of this massive (laughs) levels of abuse but if he falls down and lightly scrapes his knee he takes a moment to do solid amounts of breathing to deal with that pain (sighs) interesting point i mean we all have our kryptonite we all have our kryptonite and i believe that may be uh that may be his and uh, luckily homer specializes in the martial art of uh, skinning knees, I believe. Or maybe he doesn't. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Okay. Great stuff about Peter Griffin. I got to go in a similar direction, but I'm going to take a different tact with my point number one. I'm also going to talk about, you know, Homer Simpson's durability and ability to take punishment. You know, speaking of which, I got to ask this question. What do these fighters have in common? What do Tank Abbott, Wesley Cabbage Corriera, and Ty Tuivasa, these are all three heavyweights from the UFC, all great MMA fighters. What do they have in common with Homer Simpson? Well, it's pretty cool. None of those three fighters look like they are bodybuilders or have that classic warrior type of physique. They're all kind of, you know, soft, got a big gut, kind of don't look like they're in great shape, but they can hit like crazy and they can take insane amounts of punishment. That's what you have with Homer Simpson. You have a UFC MMA level fighter, heavyweight who can take that punishment. Let me explain why. Now, on top of everything that Homer can do, you know, Homer's kind of like that guy we all know. It's that person who's got like the dad bod, really flabby, can't do a whole lot of stuff physically, can't do 10 push-ups, can't jog a mile or that kind of stuff. But, you know, have them, I don't know, get in a fight and they can last forever. They have that fighting stamina and that fighting durability. You can hit them forever. They're not going to go down. Again, that's Homer Simpson. So throughout the series of Simpsons, Homer's taken insane amounts of punishment, just like Peter Griffin, by the way. For example, he's used his mask to defend himself against cannonballs shot at him from close distance. He survived falling down a massive gorge twice, hitting everything on the way down, getting broken. He survives it. He did it twice. He's good to go. Had every bone in his bro- uh, every bone in his body broken, not a problem. Had his guts torn out by a badger, a rabid badger raced to Canis, absolutely fine. Had triple bypass surgery, good to go. Had had four heart attacks, not a problem. Three strokes. And he drank an entire bottle of disinfectant. I hypothesized that that disinfectant, if ingested by Peter Griffin, would have him vomiting in a hilarious bit for at least five minutes where he's puking all over Meg or whatever, maybe even in Meg's mouth. Who knows? How does this work? Why does he have such durability? This is actually really cool. See, unlike Peter Griffin, this is kind of funny. Homer is blessed with a really cool brain, a brain encased in a thick layer of fluid, which allows him to take, this is actually a factoid from The Simpsons, This allows him to take a much greater force in the form of blows to the head than the most durable of humans on the planet. Again, this is a documented thing in The Simpsons. What does he do with this ability? Well, when he's facing top-level heavyweight boxers or pro wrestlers, he beats them. How? He lets them hit him as hard as they can for as long as they can until they drop from exhaustion, and Homer's still kind of out of it, but he's still standing. He's good to go. By the way, his body can take crazy amounts of punishment. This is hypothesized by The Simpsons Show by the fact that since he's a safety inspector at the radiation plant and he's been so close to such huge amounts of radiation, 
that his body has, has absorbed it and somehow has toughened up or hardened or something bad's happened to his inside places. Uh, in fact, when in The Simpsons, they try to do an x-ray of his blood, it's lime green. That's without having to drink any dye to see the blood. It just shows up as lime green on x-ray. Look, on top of all this, he's shown super strength, super speed, super reflexes, super determination, a whole bunch of super abilities. And what might be the most shocking statement of all of this is the fact that on top of this durability and these superpowers, Homer may just may be a low-level reality warper. More on that later. Put all that together, and it's already a really tough fight for Peter Griffin. That's my point number one. Some interesting points, though. I wasn't expecting a couple of the twists you threw in there. And starting with durability for these two characters just makes a lot of sense tactically because you got to put it on the table. One of these two has to have something to remove the other from battle or put them down for a period of time. And I don't see either character dying. They're too important to their collective franchises to allow that to happen. Now, you did talk about his ability to take punches. There was an episode of The Simpsons when he was fighting, and I forget the character's name, but it was a Mike Tyson clone. He was a professional. Yeah, he was a professional boxer, and Homer didn't even try to fight him because he was so hopelessly outclassed, much like he would be with Peter Griffin. And he just took punch after punch after punch. To his credit, didn't go down. But when that boxer reared back for the big haymaker finisher, Homer didn't actually, he needed outside interference to not take a loss in this battle. Mo had to be riding like some sort of a, a, a propeller device to grab him and take him away out of the ring to save him as his corner man to prevent him from getting defeated in this battle. So we have seen Homer Simpson when in there with very violent opponents, just plain not have what it takes. No, that's true. And again, with Peter Griffin, we've seen something similar, like when Joe all of a sudden had use of his legs, police officer Joe, and he was able to take on Peter Griffin, Quagmire, and Cleveland, all three uh, insanely high-level combatants in any other cartoon series. So these both, look, I get it. There's some limitations, but they're both superhumanly durable. I think we're on the same page with that. Now, with that being said, Matt, you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Well, you know... I don't know if it's uh, if it's comparing the writing style of each show. You know, I think that's kind of where this lies. But there are a lot of facts to draw from when we're talking about The Simpsons. There are just hardcore, scientific, well thought out facts. And uh, and we talked about Tune Force earlier. It, Family Guy. There's a lot of that. Just pulling from like. Hey, I can do anything at any time, you know, whenever I feel like it to serve the writing, to serve the comedy. Um, my head right now is leaning towards the facts here because that's I've got to be an impartial judge here. I'm really liking the facts that, that James, you're pulling out. I'm really liking the references to the, the physiology and the anatomy of, of Homer and talking about why he is so durable. Just Interesting. Where I am right now. Mm. All right. We're, we're early in the fight. I may have a point ahead at most, but I definitely have learned never count out race to Canis. Okay, this is good. So now let's see if we're both going to be on the same page for points number two. (laughs) Ray, go ahead and hit us with your next point. Point number two for Peter Griffin. Now, I just called this point Roadhouse because I want to talk all about how much punishment Peter Griffin can dish out. Now, I'm going to make a point right now. There was an episode of Family Guy when Peter Griffin was gifted the powers of the the Grim Reaper. So he had power over death and life and death of other characters, but he really only had that for one episode, although he had it for an extended period of time in that episode. But because I am not a shady character, James Gapsy, I don't like one-off examples, and I will not be using the Grim Reaper version of Peter. So after the battle's over, don't ask me, Ray, you forgot about that. I didn't forget about it. I made a choice, and I want the people to know. But let's talk about the violence of Peter Griffin. At one point, the drive through cashier made him angry while he was in his car. So what did Peter do? He got out of the car, gave one roundhouse kick, and decimated the side of the building that had the drive through on it. He is able to destroy buildings. Other people don't stand a chance when facing Peter Griffin. Heck, one time he was with a kid named Kyle. And yes, this is a teenager. Look, Peter Griffin does some terrible things, and I think it's part of the appeal of his character is he goes too far. And I think that's an important point is Homer doesn't necessarily take things to the nth 11th degree 
to 11 like Peter Griffin does. Peter Griffin is not afraid to go there regardless. Well, there was this kid named Kyle and he didn't like him. So Peter, and I had to slow this down because it happened so fast and I countered it. He punched and or kicked Kyle 30 times in nine seconds. We are talking about Quicksilver or Flash level speed. He may have even pulled James Gavsey an <laughs> infinite mass punch. I'll take that point, Peck. He once faced off against Kelsey, the girls' regional youth karate champion, who is a black belt, mind you, and defeated her in one shot. She was not getting up from that one shot. She was a black belt. She may have also been seven, but that's not the point I'm trying to make today. Heck, one episode of Family Guy, he walked around playing Scooby-Doo where he was trying to rip the faces off of strangers. And this gag you think would play out after the first time he ripped someone's literal skin and face off of their body, but he did it like five times because Family Guy doesn't like subtle. Family Guy doesn't like not taking it to 11. And I think that's a huge differentiating point between these two characters. Heck, Peter Griffin knows karate. You don't do those roundhouse kicks over and over again. You don't do some of the martial arts moves that I have seen Peter Griffin do in battles without having martial arts training and knowledge. We haven't necessarily seen him get martial arts training, but it's clearly there based on his actions. I would argue he is a better fighter than Homer Simpson, who does not seem to have that kind of style behind his combat abilities. And the last thing to mention, look, we had Ryu on the battle from Street Fighter not that long ago. At one point, we've seen, we've seen Peter Griffin throw a dragon punch and a hurricane kick in the middle of a battle. So I would posit he at least has the combat martial arts prowess of Ryu from Street Fighter, former winner on the Who Would Win show. And that's my point number <laughs> Wow, there's a lot there. Okay, first of all, you know, he dressed up as Scooby-Doo and started ripping off faces of people he suspected being uh, well, criminals, correct? He didn't, to be fair, James, he didn't dress up as Scooby-Doo. He was just pretending to have a Scooby-Doo-esque mystery. I mean, Ray, you and I have done that dozens of times. Like, that's not something that's crazy, right? That's why we're also not allowed back in a few restaurants. Now, number two, more importantly, you know, you talk about Peter Griffin fighting kids and being a master of fighting kids. This is where we may be taken off the air. Homer Simpson actually is way better at that than Peter Griffin. You got to oh remember, goodness. he has churned a double-handed, straight-on stranglehold to Bart Simpson. He has weaponized that and actually turned that into a legitimate martial arts technique that some people, no joke, outside of animation in the martial arts world, which I'm very familiar with, have called that doing the Bart Simpson to someone. When you have the mount position, hands on their throat, it's now outlawed in the UFC. We used to do it all the time because why not? It was fun. That's what Homer Simpson did. He did a martial art move to a kid that that came true in real life. I, I yeah, I got really passionate about that one. Okay. Also, the way you said Roadhouse, I just want to compliment on you on that because it sounded the way you said that. It sounded like you would spell Roadhouse R O A D H A U S. It sounded really fancy and powerful, kind of German. Just a compliment on how you pronounce your words sometimes. That's all I have to rebut for your point number two. Let me go with mine. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. You know, here's the deal. My point number two, I researched Homer Simpson a lot, and I saw that he had many different abilities and even powers, and none of them actually made sense. That's what kind of threw me. You know, for example, when the need is there, when he needs to have it, he is a master martial artist. He's a weapons expert. He's a firearms expert. He's a sharpshooter like no one's business. He's a skilled boxer a skilled grappler, can do MMA and jiu-jitsu. When Springfield needed a superhero, Homer turned into criminal's worst nightmare. Of course, I'm talking about the mighty Pie Man, who then morphed into the even more powerful form of Captain Quiche. And in these forms, Homer was had enhanced physicals. He was, had even more strength, more agility, more durability. He weaponized pies and quiches. Right, pies and quiches as weapons. That's pretty impressive. But they see, there's a lot more. Homer has demonstrated what I call true, true superpowers. He can change the mass of his body, typically a hefty 239 pounds, to something that's so heavy that a large UFO tractor beam couldn't actually pull him up from the face of the earth. He, he could morph his mass into something much heavier at, a, at a, you know, a, a moment's notice just by willing it so. He's fast enough to run around the city of Springfield in seconds while fighting Ned Flanders. He has a genius level ability when he needs to because he's a genius level ability of playing chess somehow. In fact, he's the second best chess player 
in all of Springfield. Figure that one out. He's so strong that one time he picked up a motorcycle and used it like a handheld weapon, like a baton, a motorcycle to smash the heck out of something. You know, and I kept thinking, why does this feel so familiar? Who does Homer Simpson remind me of? And we just said it. It hit me. He's just like Scooby-Doo. You know, I clearly detailed this in an earlier classic episode of Who Would Win of Scooby-Doo versus uh, Michael Myers. And Scooby-Doo clearly was a uh, sorcerer, a reality warping character who could ride a jackhammer up a wall upside down and stay there, then teleport. Crazy stuff. This is what Homer Simpson can do. How else do you explain how he can so intellect be so intellectually challenged one moment, and at the next moment, he has Elon Musk asking him for advice about space travel? You know, just think about that. This explains how he might be out of breath going up the stairs, but then he can run after and catch an airplane, preventing it from taking off from the tarmac. And by the way, you notice that Homer Simpson doesn't die? Outside of the Treehouse of Horror episodes, anyway, Homer can't die or at least he won't stay dead for more than a few seconds. Why? Because Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, once said Homer never dies because God thinks it's too funny to watch him get hurt, so he just won't allow him to die. That's straight a quote from Matt Groening. You realize what this means? God will not allow Homer to die. Matthew and Ray, we may be dealing with a reality warper with superpowers who can enable himself to do whatever he needs whenever he needs that thing to be done to anybody who is literally standing in his way and by the way, on a side note, he's prevented from dying by God. I'm starting to feel bad for Peter Griffin and all of this. Put all that together. That's my point number two. You know, that that's maybe a little bit of a stretch there. I mean, it's great that the author, the writer had this funny idea of, of talking about this with Homer Simpson. I don't believe that is actually effective canon for the character, James. I think you're taking a side story that he said at a convention and trying to pretend that that's actually part of the show. So I would I would push back on that point very, very highly because I have to, uh, dear Lord. But one of the things that I think differentiates these two, Homer does have a good amount of strength uh, when he chooses to do it. I would just again argue he is not as, as effective of a fighter. He doesn't have the same moves that Peter does. But the other thing that separates them I want to take a moment to mention is the fact that Peter Griffin is much more used to prolonged combat than Homer Simpson is. When you watch these fights on The Simpsons, they tend to last 30 seconds, a minute at most, Family Guy has no problem stretching out a five, six, seven full commercial break to commercial break fight with Peter Griffin and then come back and fight some more. So if it came down to who has the endurance between these two and who really could leg out a long protracted battle, Peter Griffin very obviously has the advantage there. You know, I get it. Peter Griffin needs a long time to finish off an opponent. Homer Simpson needs about two minutes. He can just do it that much quicker. Is that what that's you're saying? That's because Family Guy doesn't run out, out of jokes after two minutes. <laughs> that's that's right, because uh, The Simpsons is about, you know, story. And I can't, you know what? I can't. Peter, I love Family Guy. I'm not going to put down Family Guy's writing. It's genius. I love it. I can't. How dare you, Race to Canis, try to put down The Simpsons with whatever you're saying. All right, now. Uh, here's the deal. There's nothing I could say to The Simpsons that would have any effect on them whatsoever. That's fair. They would crush me. <laughs> that is fair. All right. Now, Matt, you've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. We're now at what's called the churning point. This is where you tell us in your own words who you think is ahead in this matchup and what does the other side have to do to pull out a victory? Let me say what a coincidentally tension-building flip-flop I've had in this last round because the, the, the thing that is just stuck in my head right now, and I think you guys both know this, is this battle is not about what someone could do, but what someone would do. And what has become increasingly clear to me over the course of this, this debate is that Peter would try to beat Homer. I don't know that the same could be said about Homer. I think Homer is, uh, at his core, a good guy. He, I, 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 and, and that's just, you know, James, you kept saying, Homer can do this, Homer can do that, Homer can do that. But would he do that? Mm. That's that's what I'm hung up on. If it came down to blows, Peter's a bad guy. He's a bad dude. He's written that way, and he doesn't he doesn't have an off switch. Homer has an off switch. He's he's a uh, he's you know much more of a family guy than than Peter is. <laughs> weirdly enough, uh, that's so weird. <laughs> weirdly true. enough. So 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 that's that's where my head's at right now. I if 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 James, you're gonna pull out a win on this. I think you need to prove to me that that Homer has it in him to destroy a, an opponent. 
Matt, if I hear you correctly, it's almost like you're saying, does Homer have the motivation to do what it yeah. takes to pull out the win? Yeah, that's where my head's at right Got now. Um, you, you know, you had me in the first round with the fact-based, uh, you know, dissection of, of Homer's anatomy. I mean, he's got, yeah, and you had me in the second round. He's got the ability to win a fight against Peter Griffin. Mm. But would he? Mm. Would he choose to? Interesting. I love it. I love where this is going. All right, good. Ray, I think this is, uh, he's, I think Matt's slightly edging this towards you because Peter's kind of more of a demented type of human being than Homer Simpson. Doing it. I'm going to see what I can do with this. Go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Look, I've been behind at the turning point and then pulled out the greatest point number threes in history. So the fact that I'm ahead right now means we should pretty much just shut the show down right now. But what the heck? I'll keep going anyway. Point number three for Peter Griffin. Let's talk about Tune Force because Peter Griffin does things that cannot be done in real life. I know Homer Simpson has the power as well, but Peter has it to a larger degree. A couple of things that really struck my mind is that when he faced the former president in another one of these prolonged battles, they were standing in the water at the Washington Mall, you know, that big old pool that they have there outside the Washington Monument, and he went to go tase the former president, and what happened was a massive electric shock that shot them straight up into the stratosphere, flying high hundreds of feet in the air, and crashing into the Capitol building, landing in the center where our congressional bodies do their business, and what happened after crashing through a roof after being electrocuted? and hitting the ground, he just got up and kept fighting. He's just that kind of a guy. You just can't put him down. He also has the ability to defeat very specialized characters. There's only a couple that I pulled out, and I know that there's other examples, but quite honestly, I could only watch so much Family Guy this week. Uh, I did not actually watch all 309 episodes. I fibbed about that earlier. Sorry, team. But two characters that really stood out, one being the Riddler. Look, he once defeated the Riddler in combat, and if you can defeat a Batman villain who often gets over on the Dark Knight, you got some good Toon Force working in another one. He killed somebody near and dear to my heart. He killed Yogi Bear. Look, we had Scooby-Doo on the show reference that character earlier and had a very weird moment. I feel like if James had Yogi Bear, he might be able to do some weird things, but not against Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin stabbed Yogi Bear and took him down by stealthily coming from behind him and knifing him in the chest. Sorry, kids at home, but that's what happened on this hilarious cartoon show. At one point, he was with Megatron, or should I say Meg, his daughter, and she had a cigarette in her mouth, and he had a whip. And he said, I'm going to whip the cigarette out of your mouth, Meg. And Meg said, Dad, this is a terrible idea, because it was. Peter uses the whip, hits Meg square in the face, sends her flying across the room with a whip and the cigarette hung in the air afterwards. This is Roadrunner, Bugs Bunny, all rolled up into one. He has the powers over Toon Force. Let's not pretend that he hasn't been standing with nothing underneath his feet before and hung in the air before falling. Let's face it. He's done this over and over again. Last things I want to talk about here. He hides weapons. He has one of these weird abilities that just pulls from behind his back any kind of a weapon he seems to need in the moment. We've seen him do this with baseball bats. We've seen him do it with crossbows. We've seen him do it with any manner of blunt objects or guns. Additionally, he seems to have the ability to find weapons, vehicles, or wanton destruction everywhere he goes from finding airplanes to finding cars and other vehicles to finding tanks to finding whatever he needs at the moment. At one point, a UFO in the actual fight against Homer Simpson. That's just the kind of character he has. And the last thing to mention is the fact that in one episode of Family Guy, he actually got granted the powers of the Grim Reaper, which means that he didn't feel pain. He had the power of life and death over other characters. He could just touch them and have them die. And I think if you have the power, James, of the Grim Reaper, Mm-hmm. And he had it for the entire episode, so I don't want to hear this as just a one-off example. He had the power of the Grim Reaper, and he had the power over death, something Homer Simpson just can't match up to, and that's my point number three. All right, so first of all, you know, Matt, let me address something. We saw that Homer has this capacity for violence, not just by the fact he's strangling his son all the time, 
But mm-hmm. also with that iconic fight with Peter Griffin, they were literally matching each other in terms of viciousness and horrific violence and ripping each other, literally ripping each other apart. So when it needs to be done, that is there. He has all of that. He can match Peter Griffin. Again, we saw that in that iconic matchup. In terms of what you're referencing, a lot of those things, there's a couple of things you're referencing, Ray, that I believe are like the cutaways within Family Guy. And those cutaways, I kind of give those the same kind of weight as what Homer Simpson does or can accomplish or powers he has in the Treehouse of Horror episodes. You know, whether Homer's all of a sudden Godzilla-sized or he can, you know, uh, invade electronic devices or takes over the power of this omnipotent being and can do whatever he wants. So I think those kind of negate each other in a big way. I do think it's kind of cool that he can make a bat appear or whatever, just like Homer can pick up a motorcycle and use it like a bat. You know, that's all well and good. All right, let me get to my point number three, and this is kind of make things a little bit more clear because there's so much in common with these two characters, especially with that mega fight. Again, we saw a lot of a lot in common with it. But here's the deal, Matt, you already said it. Peter Griffin is the family guy, or is he, though? See, going through this battle, I realized a few things. Peter Griffin, he kind of cares for his family, but you got to ask yourself this. How often does he spend time with each member of his family? How often does he try to help the, each member of his family try to get through a challenge or what have you. And the funny part is, and thankfully not often, because that's why it makes the show so awesome. Now, turn that over to The Simpsons. You see that Homer actually really does care for his family. They go on family outings all the time. He says goodnight to his kids. He wants them to do well. He, uh, you know, if he lets them down, he does whatever he can to make up for it. One time he's supposed to get a read for Lisa's saxophone in time for her, you know, huge show, talent show performance at the school. He missed it, and he says, I'm never going to let that happen again. And now he always makes sure that he's doing the best he can for them. That's the difference. So what is that big deal? Why does this come into play? Well, here's the thing. Homer literally dreams of the day that Lisa, his pride and joy, is going to make the world a better place. He wants that to happen. He's all about her. And that's his motivating reason to fight back. Okay, quick story. So I used to do self-defense training for large corporations, right? go to large businesses, whatever, and have a group of people there. There's always that one person who wouldn't want to hit the pads or sometimes say, hit me in the shoulder. And she'd say, no, I I just can't hit you. And I said, no problem. Let me tap into your compelling reasons. And I'd say, hey, someone who attacks you, they're really trying to say, you can't see your kids ever again. And I'd see that transformation happen in their face. Like, what? I said, yeah, they're telling you that they don't want you to have your life. They think you're worthless, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, this person turns into the ultimate warrior, starts pounding the hell out of me, until I'm crying in the fetal position, they help me up, I wipe away the tears, and then they're celebrating because like, I tapped into my compelling reasons to fight back. And that's where the victory lies for Homer Simpson. See, look, these guys match up incredibly well. This is going to be a back and forth, hopefully over 30 minutes or three episodes or maybe even a movie, hint, hint, Fox. At the end of it, both (laughs) of these fighters, both of these guys are going to be on the ground, lying like covered in blood, broken bones, the whole thing. And they're both trying to get the win. They're motivated to get the win, to prove whatever it is they're trying to prove. So when Peter's trying to get back up and tap into his compelling reason to fight back, he's going to think of his family because he's a family guy. And they're cheering him on. He's going to look at, you know, Stewie and be like, nah, Chris, nah, Meg, man, I hate her. He's going to look at Lois like, I should fight for Lois. And he's going to see Brian the dog. And he's going to be like, that's my best friend. Maybe I should fight for him. And Brian the dog's come on, Peter, you can do it. Homer's going to look over at his family and say, Bart, eh, the boy, I still love him. Oh, my God, my sweet little Maggie, my sweet little Maggie. He's going to look over at Marge, my soulmate. Homer, do your thing. That's a horrible impression. And then he's (laughs) going to look over at Lisa, his pride and joy. And all of a sudden, the lights are going to shine on her. And all he'll see is her and saying, Dad, I need you to win. Do it for me. And all of a sudden, Homer's going to get up and Hulk smash the hell out of Peter Griffin to get the win with which he collapses, uh, you know, a few minutes later. At the end of it, it's the compelling reasons to fight, which is what's going to get Homer Simpson to tap into whatever inside he places motivation he has. That's what's going to get him to take over and beat Peter Griffin. That's why he wins this battle. That's my point number three. James, 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 you legitimately are going to try a fast and the furious argument against me. It worked You're once. You're going to go for the, the Dom Toretto family always comes first argument. No, look. Peter Griffin does not receive any motivation from his family. I do believe that despite the title being family guy, he is very clearly not. His family gets in his way. He does not help to support (laughs) them or feel supported by them. Look, if he looked over to Lois, she might scream, go get him. But she's just as likely to flip him off and kick him in the face from the sideline. That is 
the reality of Peter Griffin's life. But you know what, James? That made him hard. That made him <laughs> that made him hard inside. And you know, when you're fighting a guy who's a little soft inside versus a guy who's nothing but hardness inside, like an everlasting gobstopper, you don't want to mess with the guy who's hard inside. That's all I have to say about that, because at the end of the day, these two are going to fight. These two are going to trade blows. We've seen it before. But what's going to separate these two is the fact that Peter can go all day like Captain America and Homer at a certain point needs to be saved by Moe before he gets knocked unconscious. Uh, here we go again. All right, listen, I could say so much to that, but I can't because I'm kind of worn out emotionally from my amazing point number three. Matt, you've heard three great points from Ray. You've heard three great points, hopefully, from me. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through a, you know, your process. Take us on a journey and tell us who wins this fight between Peter Griffin and Homer Simpson. You guys, this has been an emotional roller coaster for me. I, I, I was, I was 100% in James's corner for point number one. 100% in Ray's corner for point number two completely different reasons like i said at the turning point james you were showing me the can the the ability the scientific evidence ray you were telling me you were showing me the 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 depravity of peter's character (laughs) that he would do terrible things to another person and and we've all seen over the course of 300 plus episodes that he does do terrible things to to people My, my my at the turning point my issue was that over over almost double the amount of episodes of of the simpsons we haven't we've seen what a good guy homer is and and that he doesn't have that depravity. He, he he wouldn't go to such lengths to hurt another human being. But gosh darn it, if point number three by James didn't tug at my heartstrings. And I don't know how nerdy you guys want to get, but 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 I call this the uh, the last of us argument here. You know, <laughs> have you guys played that video game? Absolutely. Listen, I'm a dad and and. Watching pieces of media like that, hearing James's point number three there, you can't get people who are not parents to understand the the lengths that a parent will go through to to look out for their family. And, and, you know, I said from the from the beginning that, you know, James is basing a lot of this in reality, in fact, and and. It's hard to go up against Peter because so much of Peter's character is not based in reality or fact. But you know what? After point number three, having that that thought go through my head, there is no amount of bad-intentioned, depraved person that's going to come after me and my family that is going to stop me, a good-natured person, from taking that person down. I, I At this point in time... I got to give this to James. I got to give this to Homer Simpson. Oh, oh, Ladies and gentlemen, and there you have it. This is what I'm talking about. And this is why as great as Peter Griffin is, because he is absolutely fantastic. When it comes into a final, you got to have that motivation, that last little bit of resolve to push you forward and get over on your opponent. It's your daughter or your kids, your son or what have you that are going to give it to you. Thank you, Matt, for the genius that is Matt Drudge. <laughs> Judge Drudge, Judge Drudge laying right. down l- laying down the gavel here, uh, declaring James the winner. It's about time. Compelling, <laughs> compelling all the way. I had a moment there, because I know you know I'm a dad. I know. And I had a moment there where I was like, is this just him being smart and like playing to 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 what he knows about me? You had this plan from the beginning. And man, was it a good strategy. Oh, thank you. You know, listen, Ray Sicanus has been coming at me with some fire lately and just coming pulling out great strategy after great strategy. And I've been trying to do my best to keep up with them. I'm known for strategy. I'm known He's for the so angry intoxicating, right now, by the intoxicating way. mind fog. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Finally, it worked. This took me so much. Re- I outdid myself in terms of research. My family is not too happy with me right now because I did this, but I did get the win. And that counts for something. Ray Sicanus, how are you feeling right now? Oh, please, sir. Might I have a crumb of victory? Please. I'm so poor from never winning fights on the Who Would Win show. My name is James Gavsey. Please put a dime or maybe a shilling in my glass cup 
so that I might buy a shred of victory. I'm thinking that James Gavsey is pathetic today. I think that James Gavsey <laughs> having to say, hey, you're a dad. Hey, I'm a dad. Homer's a dad. That should be what sways you over. I think you manipulated the heartstrings of our judge today, and I am disgusted by your behavior. <laughs> I have never been known to pull shady tactics in a battle. I would never. never in my life say I was going to not do something and then do it anyway. That type of thing is gross. That type of thing is deplorable. And Uh-oh. shame on you, James, for tugging at a judge's heartstrings with a sob story and a song to try to win today. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you tearing up a little bit during my point number three? I thought I turned my camera off. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have learned one thing in dealing with race to Canis all of these years and all these seasons of who would win. And that is you do what you got to do to get the win. So I'm not ashamed. In fact, I'm quite proud of myself. I'm smiling ear to ear. Math, Matthew, if I may call you that, fantastic job as a judge today. You had me going back and forth. I wasn't too sure where you were going to do this or which way you were going to go. Did you have a lot of fun? Oh, I had a great time. Great time. Again, we have these great judges on who always set new standards of awesomeness on the show. Please come back. The fans are going to love you. You're going to be a fan favorite immediately, I can just tell. So in the meantime, tell our fans where they can find you online. I'm on all your social medias, you know, uh, Instagram and, and Twitter, where I'm most active. Twitter, Voice of Rudd. And, uh, and on Instagram, just my full name, Matthew David Rudd. Very cool. And where, where do you think people can watch Jujutsu Kaisen and all that other great stuff? So Jujutsu Kaisen is on is a Crunchyroll original. Uh, Tower of God is a Crunchyroll original. If you subscribe to any of the uh, major anime uh, subscription-based uh, streaming services, you can get it. It's on HBO Max. Both of those are on HBO Max. Interesting fact, Funimation just bought Crunchyroll, so there may be some sort of bundle coming in the future. I don't know anything. I'm just making an assumption that in, at some point there will be a bundle where you can get all your, your good anime all together from those two things. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus on uh, on PlayStation 4, uh, exclusively there. Yeah. That's a lot. That's great. Uh, that's a lot. That's awesome. Do it all. Yeah, you don't need to keep saying more. You Don't justify <laughs> yourself. You're awesome. It's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Now, speaking of fantastic, let's go over to Race to Canis. Ray, again, great battle. You brought it so hard. So angry with, uh, right now. I, well, you know, that's just Race to Canis. Ray, you've already kind of said what's on your mind. Please tell the fans where they can um, find you online. I'm going to talk to just the people at home right now. You sitting in your car Here we in go. front of your old-timey radio sets that are actually, you know, internet devices, but it looks kind of fun to put it on an antique show like that. And you're huddled around with your children, comforting them, sobbing. Everyone's in tears because Ray did not win today. Hashtag Ray was robbed. You are bamboozled. <laughs> you are beside yourself. I understand how upset all of you would be that James Gavsey pulled a victory today. So I'm going to tell all you awkward allies out there, as well as you win fans and woodworkers and the league of audience have, if you want to talk about the league of audience, James on your time, that's up to you. That wasn't my (laughs) flub from an episode ago, but if you want to gather the children in close and just say one thing, just whisper in their ear. So they'll be able to fall asleep tonight because I know you don't want to be up all night with crying children. Just say they're there. Everything's okay. Ray is right. Hashtag Ray is right. And I guarantee those children will be out like a log and you'll be able to enjoy a night by the fire. Thinking about a better day when Ray was victorious and Ray will be victorious again. Mark my words. You can find me at almighty Ray on Twitter Today was robbery. You know, I had to come up with a strategy, something crazy, something that made me understand that I'm getting the win the moment we started the show. That's why I did what I did. That's why I'm not ashamed, because you know why? Hashtag James just knows. Yeah, that's a thing. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabsy. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever else you go for your podcast and video content. And on behalf of myself, Race to Canis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. 
Sup everyone, Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia!